When Deckel Barr first started playing pickleball, he did not think he would become too serious about the game after competing in pro tennis. However, he is one of the top players in the sport, plus he's involved in two pickleball business ventures. In this episode, Deckel and I discuss all of this, plus we go deep on how to hit four different types of volleys. Let's get to the intro to hear from Deckel. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Deckel Barr. How are you doing today, Deckel? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I have wanted to have you on for a while. You have definitely been on my radar, but I'm glad we are able to connect after this recent U.S. Open, which we'll get into that in a minute or two. But I always do Mm -hmm. like to start off with a little bit about your pickleball background, how you first heard about the game and when that was. Okay. Yeah, so I I played pro tennis for uh, for quite a few years, and uh, I was traveling uh, with uh, Colin Johns quite a bit in the in the last few years uh, on tour. I got to know uh, the whole Johns family pretty well, and at some point, I mean, a few years ago, almost four years ago now, myself and Colin stopped playing tennis, and Ben kept. Ben kept asking both of us to to give pickleball a try. We're like, ah, now we're in tennis. You do your thing in pickleball. And when we finally stopped playing tennis, then we were like, all right, we'll join you for a tournament or two and, and see how it goes. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was very fun from right away. I didn't think it would uh, become so serious for us, but it did. And yeah, then after that, it was history. <laughs> Just kept playing, kept having more fun with it and competing more. Now, why is it that you made the transition from tennis? Did something prompt that? Yeah, so I got injured in tennis. I had uh, I kept tearing my abs in tennis during serves. So every time that was a uh, few months out, and until I just well, it was enough. I couldn't body wasn't holding, so I had to stop and uh, started. Started school in Israel and then basically played uh, pickleball on vacations when I had time off school. And then it became, it became more seriously slowly. Now, how serious is it for you? Now it's, uh, now it's full time. <laughs> now it's very, now it's what I do for a living. And as much as I can travel a lot, have businesses around pickleball. So it's definitely a full time thing now. Now, let's go ahead and talk about a couple of those businesses around pickleball. One of them, I believe, is pickleball getaways. And I'm sure you had some tough times. I'm not sure if you started that before or after Mm -hmm. the COVID, but how are things going now and where do you have trips to? I mean, that sounds like it'd be a great experience. Yeah, that is uh, is super fun for sure. Uh, We started before COVID. So we started myself and Ben probably uh, about three and a half years ago or so. So we did have a bunch of trips before COVID. During, obviously, during COVID, it became uh, a lot harder to travel, especially overseas. So it died down a little bit for, for a year and a half there. Uh, but now it's back as uh, travel is opening back up and more people are, are traveling. So we have more and more trips. 
but this year I believe we have seven trips and we're looking to expand to 10 or 12 for, for next year. Our next ones are actually pretty soon. Now we're going to Europe, uh, we're going to Portugal and Croatia in June. So that is super exciting. Can't wait for those. We have Costa Rica and at the end of October. And then we have in December, we have Mexico. So very excited for all of those. It's always super fun trips. We have uh, fun pros that join us and have a good time. So do you and Ben go on all the trips or how does that work? So far, we met, we went on most of them. Either, I mean, so far we both went on most of them. Sometimes it's just me or just Ben, but yeah, so you'll usually be able to find at least me or Ben on a trip. Now, I'm curious, with everything you have going on and everything Ben has going on, how the heck do you have time to do all that international travel? <laughs> right. So, yeah, it is uh, it is difficult with our schedules. We try to do it around the tournaments, around other things we have going on. So definitely not easy to find the right. That's why we're, uh, we're going to split more of the trips between us. So we won't both be on all the trips but you'll usually be able to find uh, one of us and if not one of us we have uh, colin john's going on uh, quite a few and and other top pros so trying to always make sure we have uh, a great crew out there but yeah it is difficult with with so much travel to find good dates as you mentioned earlier you've only been playing pickleball for four years and i have to admit i do not have the u.s open winners uh, memorized but you did mm-hmm. do really well in uh, i think it was split age Thanks. group yeah for, played with, for uh, with steve kennedy yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean how was that the first time you meddled at the u.s open or had you previously no so last year i played i also meddled in the split age with chris miller we got silver there and also in the pro men's with adam stone lost to the john's brothers in the final unfortunately but yeah so last year silver in two events. And looking at the U.S. Open draw, for certainly for men's doubles and for mixed doubles, I mean, it was a complete who's who of all the top players in pickleball. I mean, it looks like it's just getting so much more competitive and really harder to medal. Yeah, for sure. Pickleball is getting bigger. Uh, a, lot, a lot more players are coming in. Every year, there's more and more good teams. Harder, It gets harder to to win the tournament's harder to medal, but it's good. It's good for the sport to have better competition, better players, better points, better tournaments. Everything is growing. More, more big companies coming in, so it's it's good. It, I mean, pickleball is skyrocketing, so can't complain. I always do like to cover an international aspect as much as I can when there's the opportunity. And you had mm-hmm. said that you went to, I guess it was school, college in Israel. Do you go back and forth and what's pickleball like there? Yeah, the reason, so I started school in Israel. It, it's not an online school. So that's why I, I went back and forth. Basically, I came for a couple months when I had the time off school and then went back, then went back home for the entire uh, semester. So I didn't play that much in the beginning. But then when COVID started, I moved to the, I mean, I was in the US and kind of got stuck in the US because I couldn't travel back home. And then school became online like everything so i could stay in the u.s and do school from here and then pickle became full-time for me because i would was able to play every day and 
and get better and practice and travel to tournaments and stuff like that. So that's how it was with with pickleball for me in school. And pickleball in Israel, we do now have some courts. In the past uh, few months or year, there's there's this. We have tennis centers in Israel. It's like an organization that it's called Tennis Centers. And they have a bunch of courts. I know one facility has like three courts and a bunch of other facility uh, facilities have one or two courts. So they're kind of trying to spread them out and in between cities. So it is growing. I heard the program there is growing. It's still the beginning and I haven't been there uh, since it started. So I'm not exactly sure. But I think it's going well. And for sure, people are, are getting uh, exposed to it. I just uh, heard for yesterday from a friend that played. So it's definitely growing. All right. One thing I'd like to do on the podcast is anytime I get a professional player at your level is I always like to dive into a little bit of an instructional aspect. And I found a couple things that I think I want to cover. And it was, I Mm -hmm. think, another podcast that you happened to be on. And they kind of said, you know, and I apologize for I can't remember who asked the question. But they asked you basically what, what was your number one tip? And you said, staying as close to the kitchen line as possible. And that was something that players of not just the lower levels need to do, but the higher Mm -hmm. levels. Why is that? Yes, for sure. I think it's very helpful to, I mean, to stay as close as possible to, uh, you're able to reach more balls, take more balls from the air, put a lot of pressure on your opponents. Get So a lot of time you get an opportunity and if you're not on the line, you can't really take it. So just making sure you you do take these. Of course, if you're in a defensive position and you're not, your opponent's going to attack you or certain situations, no, you should back off the line. But in general, I do think people back off the line and kind of stay there, even if it's a neutral position or even if they're in an aggressive position. If you are in neutral or aggressive, I think you should be closer to the line as close as you can and take the opportunities you have. And as you stand close to that line, it seems like you should be leaning in as much as possible. Right. So having being close to the line and having your your momentum forward and being able to reach and anticipate better that way. If you're on your heels, then it'll be harder for you to recognize which shot you can take from the air or not. And I, I think that's great advice because I remember playing a lot last summer with some ladies who were very good players and just even their stance at the line and looking at them leaning in it's like i know i always have to hit a really good third shot not just mm. the one that goes in, right exactly you know, uh, for the yeah. fourth shot for when when your opponents are hitting the third shot it's even more crucial to do it you're giving them uh, a lot less space to work with and it's a tough shot to get a, a perfect third shot in, in the kitchen. So the less room you give them, the the better it'll be for you. The harder shot you're giving them. If you're staying back and moving slowly to the kitchen uh, or just hanging back for some reason, you're giving them a much bigger target and your next shot will be a lot harder too. One of the videos on Pickleball 360, which uh, again is another business that you have, I believe, with mm-hmm. Ben Johns and his brother Colin, and we'll talk more about exactly what that is. But one of the sneak peek videos I think that Ben had done, I think is really related to what we're talking about here with staying as close to the kitchen line as possible and trying to take balls out of the air 
and, and essentially volleying the ball. And Ben really mm-hmm. talked about, I think it was four different types of volleys. So on the podcast, I've talked about kind of volleys in general, but he talked about four different ones. And and I think one of the the ones that I'm really working on is that punch volley. Explain mm-hmm. what that is and how to be really effective in hitting it. Right. So the punch volley, in general, it's uh, especially if you're talking about a fourth shot, it means your your opponent was driving the third shot. So punching it back w- works very well against people who drive it because then you normally would hit it back to. If you're kind of hitting a softer volley, you're letting the, your ball will pop up a little bit and will be longer in the air, and your opponent will be able to kind of crash in and hit the next one better and above the net and then you're in big trouble there so staying on the line and kind of having your body forward and just punching the ball down helps a lot to to get the the ball to their feet and then maybe they'll drive again but they'll have a a harder drive with a lower and faster ball so that is actually it's a good way to kind of protect yourself against bangers they're like oh they just keep hitting the ball as hard as hard as, uh, as they can and and they're overpowering me. But if you're staying on the line there and punching the ball back to their feet, you're in the you're in the better position there. So trying to to drive off the, your off your punches is not usually gonna gonna go so well. With that punch volley, uh, when I hear the name punch, I, I think mm-hmm. of that as you're you really are trying to put some pace behind that ball. Is that true right. of a punch volley? Yes, I mean it is true, but it, you're kind of you're taking your opponent's pace. It's a good point. Ca- just catching the ball in front of your body and going forward with it will give you a lot of power. There's really no need to uh, take a big swing on it. And if you do take a big swing on it, you're you might be late on the ball or you'll miss hit the ball. So it's actually uh, a lot better to just get it, uh, be compact, get it in front of your body, and just go forward with it not uh, use your opponent's power instead of creating your own. All right. So then what is the difference between a punch volley and a roll volley? A punch volley and a roll volley. So a roll volley is usually when the ball is kind of a net level or lower. And when you're trying to, and it will have a punch volley would normally won't have any particular spin on it you know sometimes it'll be some accidental spin on it but you're not really trying to put any spin on it just kind of powering that ball uh, back down to your opponent's feet the roll volley you're trying to get the ball up a little bit because it's about net level or below the net and you're trying to either get your opponents to stay back because maybe they just drop the ball with a third shot and you're trying to keep them back so you're kind of uh, taking the the good or decent drop that they had that uh, stayed below the net and trying to push them back or keep them back, or if you're both of you are everybody's at the kitchen, you're having a dink rally, and you're trying to kind of have like a more sneaky attack or just attack that is below the level of the net and uh, surprise your opponent, the opponent in front of you. It's not a very powerful shot because you are using it from below the level of the net. But it is it, so. It's a lot about placement. It's uh, it might be like if you're if it's an attack, it might be a setup shot for your next shot. Ben, it's actually one of Ben's favorite shots, uh, the back and roll volley. So that, that he's a good one to learn it from for sure. 
And at what level do you think it starts to make sense to hit that shot? Because it's not exactly easy to execute when you're taking that ball below the net. For sure. It is, it is not, it's not an easy shot. I would recommend it more for uh 4-0 and above. But yeah, it's definitely a higher skill level shot. In comparison to the punch volley and the roll volley, there's also the volley dink. What exactly is that? Volley dink. So when you're in a, any kind of uh, rally in the kitchen and dinking to each other, you can do the same dink as your uh, as the bounce dink. Just take it, taking it from the air and dinking it back to your opponent. It, every shot you take from the air doesn't need to be aggressive. Maybe it's uh, you're taking it below the net. Maybe it's not the right opportunity to attack. So you're just dinking that ball back, trying to maybe create something with it or just stay in the rally, depending on the situation. But yeah, it's just just a dink, just like a, a normal dink that you're trying to make your get in a better position when you're in the kitchen. You mentioned with the roll volley, that placement is important. And so, it, of course, it is with the volley dink. Is there any difference in where you want to place those two? With the roll volley, I mean, a good spot is always kind of like the, the chicken wing if you're attacking, if it's uh, four people in the kitchen. But I think a big thing about that shot is changing the placement. Obviously, you have a go-to, but not to go every time to the same spot because then your opponent will, will get used to it and will know where, where you're going and be able to counter easier. But yeah, mixing up those spots would be good. If it's if somebody that is dropping third shot and then you're rolling the volley, just try to get the ball to their feet. But make sure they're coming in. So make sure you're not uh, aiming where their feet are right now, but where you anticipate their feet to be in a couple seconds after you hit the shot. In terms of the volley dinks, that really depends on the situation. I just like any dink, you, I mean, there are go-tos depending cross court is usually a, a good go-to to the corner of the other car is the, usually the safest, but just like any shot, having variety and keeping your opponents in check and uh, guessing, mixing up your shots is, is always good. Just making sure those dinks are not attackable. Earlier, you said with the punch volley, you really should not be taking a big back swing. But what about the swinging volley? Right. The swinging volley, that's a very different shot. It's kind of happens a lot after maybe you, you drive a good third shot drive or when you hit a good third shot drop and your opponent's pop up a ball and then you kind of have you have a lot of time and you're able to to swing and really hit the that volume so taking a a certain backswing there is good i wouldn't go over the top and and have a massive swing but you can take a, a little bit of a bigger swing there but again it's only if you have enough time and you're in in balance with the, with your body all right well Deckel, i really appreciate those tips and I think people mm-hmm. are probably getting a, a flavor of how you and certainly Ben are as instructors. I mean, you have some great content on Pickleball 360. What exactly is that? Uh, yeah, so uh, Pickleball 360, we started last year. It's an instructional video web, uh, web subscription based. And uh, yeah, it's 
Ben Johns, Colin Johns, and myself are the, the instructors in it. We have uh, over 100 videos, and it keeps going, keep growing every week. So, uh, yeah, make sure to check it out. There's a lot of good content for, for every level there. We have some live Q&As and live stuff that we do, like match analysis. And, uh, yeah, we try to give as much as we can to our World360 community. We have a lot of fun ideas uh, for videos and a lot of good material to to work with. Obviously, some uh, Ben and Colin are great instructors, and they we have they do a great job with the videos. So it's if you want to learn some more, go check it out. Are you in those videos too? Yes, I am in those videos as well. <laughs> for sure. You didn't you didn't mention yourself, so I just had to ask. <laughs> Yes, no, for sure. I have quite a few videos there. It's yeah, it's definitely the three of us, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun creating those videos and having more and more content to work with. It's endless. There's so much to learn. There's so many shots. The game keeps evolving, so it's we always have more ideas for for videos and more requests from people, and we try to do that. Now, off the top of your head, how, how does if how does the pricing structure work? Uh, so we have a, a monthly and a yearly subscription. The prices would just change, but it was it's somewhere around the twenty something for, for a monthly and uh, one hundred fifty or one hundred seventy for yearly. I got to double check after the change, but yeah, it includes a, a bunch of other stuff in the package. So yeah, you can check it out. Some cool discounts for for different things as well, and uh, the live live stuff that we do. Oh, cool! It sounds like a a great program. I will have to check into it myself. Now, let's go ahead today and finish up with a couple things. Which pickleball paddle do you use, and why do you like it? All right, so I use the Engage Pursuit, the MX, so the thin version. I really like it. It's first of all, it's a very powerful paddle. So if you like power, that's a very, I mean, I really highly recommend it. If you want a little bit less power, there's also the thick, which are the the six the pursuit six O versions. My my paddle is the thinner and longer handle version. That's what I use. It's very solid all around. Uh, a lot of power, good spin. I just feel like I have an edge in the hands battles with it. It's really it comes off the off the paddle fast in the in the exchanges. So yeah, I, I know if I'm hitting the ball, it'll be consistent, and I won't have these dead spots. So that's definitely the way to go for me. Perfect. Now, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they're interested in pickleball getaways or Mm-hmm. Pickleball 360, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, you can look me up in, uh, on Facebook or Instagram. That would be the, the best way. Decklebar on Facebook and uh, Decklebar or Pickleball in, uh, on. All right. Well, so you can shoot me, so- uh, follow, and uh, send me a message there. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. Really, some great tips and You've got a couple of great businesses too. So I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, come on and chat. 
Of course. Thank you. Appreciate you having me here. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 